Blog Talk Radio. to the Final Word Podcast tonight as we celebrate the 28 black films that everyone must see for Black History Month. We will be airing a new episode of this series each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Each film we feature is a must-see as it reflects the real-life circumstances that many black people have encountered and can relate to. Watches these films represent a community with a rich and significant contribution to the world. These movies are in no particular order. Don't see a particular movie on the list? Email us at thefinalwordpodcast at yahoo.com. Thank you, Claudia, for your email. I am putting the movies you sent to me in consideration. We will be returning to our previous Sunday night format to discuss current events, politics, and hot button issues soon, so stay tuned. Thank you to all our listeners and members of both our Facebook discussion page at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the final word podcast and our almost 30,000 Twitter followers at the final word POD who kept the conversation going during our hiatus and special thanks to all the listeners at home who join us live or download our show through both blobtalkradio.com and our platform on iTunes. As always, we appreciate your support and are thrilled to be back on the air. I'm Angel, your host of the Final Word Podcast. Listeners on blogtalkradio.com tonight can call in and share their thoughts on our movie at 347-826-7899, 347-826-7899, and let's see who gets the final word. This is Los Angeles, gang capital of the nation. It just goes on and on, you know. Either they don't know. Don't show. Don't care about what's going on in the hood. In South Central LA. Yo, Benita, let's do the local thing. It's tough to beat the streets. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? Shoot the motherfucker. You have to think, young brother. About your future. No, you sweat me. You're my only son, and I'm not gonna lose you to no bull. Hey, don't worry about it. I can take care of stuff. Trey wanted to work his way up. Trey is a grown man now. He is not a little boy anymore. Heard you like Mr. GQ Smooth now. Maybe some of what you gotta rub off on him. 
Ricky was looking for a better life. I want to do something with my life, right? I want to be somebody. When you were a little boy, you used to run around here all the time with that football in your hand. I always knew you would amount to something. Doughboy was living by the laws of the street. What you looking at, nigga? We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Can we have one night where there ain't no fight nobody gets shot? It's hard to be a saint in South Central L.A. I don't understand why you insist on learning things the hard way, Trey, but you're going to learn. How to survive the South Central number one. This is number gun, and then South Central be that type of survival. Rule number two, don't trust nobody, especially a girl with a hooked butt. <laughs> Rule number three. Take your life for granted. This is the craziest place on the planet. Something wrong? Something wrong, yeah. It's just too bad you don't know what it is. Boys in the Hood is a 1991 American drama written and directed by John Singleton in his directorial debut, starring rap legend Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding Jr., who would go on to win an Academy Award for Jerry Maguire, Morris Chestnut, Lawrence Fishburne, Neil Long, and Angela Bassett, depicting life in South Central Los Angeles in the early 90s. This was the film debut for both Ice Cube and Morris Chestnut, it was nominated for best, both Best Director and Original Screenplay during the 1991 Prejudice excuse me, Academy Awards, making Singleton the youngest person ever nominated for Best Director and the first African-American to be nominated for the award. The film was screened in the Uncertain Regards section at the 1991 Cannes Film Festival. In 2002, the United States Library of Congress deemed the film culturally significant and selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry. John Singleton's portrayal of social problems in inner-city Los Angeles takes the form of a tale of three friends growing up together in the hood. Half-brothers Doughboy, played by Ice Cube, and Ricky Baker, Morris Chestnut, are foils for each other's personality, presenting very different approaches to the tough lives they face. Ricky is an all-American athlete looking to win a football scholarship to USC and seek salvation through sports, while Doe succumbs to the violence, alcohol, and crime surrounding him in his environment, but maintains a strong sense of pride and a code of honor. Between these two friends is their friend Trey, Cuba Gooding Jr., who is lucky to have a father, Furious Styles, played by Lawrence Fishburne, to teach him to have the strength of character to do what's right and to always take responsibility for his actions. That relationship stands out as one of the many high points in the film. Here, Furious talks to his son about success. So tell me, are you a leader or a follower? Hmm? I'm a leader. Okay, then. What's the three rules? Break it down for me. And hey, think before you answer. I got it. Always look a person in the eye. Do that to respect you better. Two words, and never be afraid to ask you for anything. 
still isn't necessary. And last one I think was, you never respect anybody who doesn't respect you back. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. What do you know about sex? I know a little bit. Oh, yeah? What little bit is that? I know. I take a girl, stick my thing in her, and nine months later, a baby comes out. <laughs> you think that's it? Basically, yeah. Well, remember this. Any fool with a dick can make a baby, but only a real man can raise his children. I wasn't but 17 when your mother was pregnant with you. All of my friends was dropping out of high school, hanging out on corners, in front of liquor stores, getting drunk, getting high. Some of them was robbing people. Some of them was even killing people. You remember my friend Marcus? Yeah. He got into robbing people. Wanted me to come along and join him. But I was like, nah, man. You getting ready to have a son? I knew you was going to be a boy. Anyway, I wanted to be somebody you could look up to. At the age of 10, Trey Stiles moves to the inner city to live with his dad, Furious. The elder Stiles is determined to raise his son with self-respect and self-worth. Not an easy task in a neighborhood where crime and drugs are rampant. By the age of 17, Trey is a level-headed young man who has stayed out of trouble, unlike his friend Doughboy, who's been in and out of jail several times. His brother hopes a football scholarship will be his way out. Trey works hard to be true to his father and to his friends, but violence, which can change your life in an instant, is something they all have to deal with. Most movies about life in the hoods of Los Angeles, New York City, and other urban areas of the United States are discounted as novelty entertainment for audiences seeking sex and violence. Out of the era of gangster rap came a nationwide exposure of the issues within the black and Latino communities, and directors like John Singleton follow in the footsteps of prolific urban directors like Spike Lee. This film is an intricate examination of the archetypes and stereotypes of the hood, as well as an introduction to the survivors, both trapped in the violence and escaping the cycle. The film concentrates on a black community without the interactions between communities shown in Do the Right Thing, another epic race commentary by Spike Lee. The direction of this film is fluid and natural. The acting, heartfelt and strong. The effect, nothing short of extraordinary. For its over 90-minute running time, you are in South Central Los Angeles, an experience so many Americans have no true frame of reference for, myself included. The message of the movie is deeper than white or Italian-based gangland movies, because the human aspect and the characters are more solid and approachable and rooted in highly intellectual and applicable theories on race and violence. This film is a showcase of the radical and moderate themes expressed by black activists, with Lawrence Fishburne's character as the leader and role model of the film, 
a careful examination of the film reveals a strong message and a strong film. Don't underestimate the power of this film. Here's Stur- Furious Styles' monologue on gentrification. About a chip? <laughs> Tell them not to worry about the interest rate. The interest rate hasn't moved 2% in five years. Furious okay. Styles, by Talk to you So, how you guys think you did on the test? All right, I guess. Yes. Most of those tests are culturally biased to begin with. The only part that's universal is the math. You boys must be hungry. I'm real surprised to see you down here. Came to see you. See how you doing. How's business going? Well, there's always business. It's just not always in here. So, like, what do you do, Furious? I mean, what, you help people get money for their homes or what? Well, there is no or what. That's what I do, Rick. Boys, want to see something? Do we have a choice? No. value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. To bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything, black. Black owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see. Black people selling the rock, pushing the rock, pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. Wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa, and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. Now, if you want to talk about uh, mm-hmm. guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. 
You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Yeah. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all. Yeah. Young brothers like yourselves. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? I'm shoot the motherfucker if he don't kill me first. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You have to think, young brother, about your future. Huh? It's interesting how a movie that came out in 1991 is still painfully relevant today, especially those four minutes. Even before the strain between police and the black community became symbolized by the videotaped beating of Rodney King at the hands of LAPD officers, the city was becoming synonymous with crack cocaine and gang violence. In particular, South Central was notorious for gang colors and drive-by shootings. In this environment 24 years ago, More than 24 years ago, excuse me, Singleton's film exploded off the screen, challenging the tabloid stereotypes in urban life and chipping away at notions of who could and should be making movies in Hollywood. Here's a clip where Singleton talks about Boys in the Hood and casting Ice Cube. I was thinking about you when you were coming in and Boys in the Hood, you know, is obviously this film that has become just one of the greats. But it's, aside from it being a great film, the accomplishment that it's, it's done is, I think, lost on a lot of people. The world's most dangerous group was NWA. <laughs> yes. The president knew who they were, didn't like them. Yes. This is the band. And in, a, in short order, he's opening family films. I'm talking about Ice Cube. Ice Cube, yeah. Now, can I play... Oh, we always... Okay. You know, I want to play yeah. an Ice Cube clip. Just watch this. I old one, a new one. Yeah. John Singleton, he saw something in me, you know, he... He pursued me for two years <laughs> right. to be in Boys in the Hood. Yeah. And, I, you know, I kept saying, man, get the hell away from me, man. <laughs> you know, I'm not, why do you want me? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not an actor. I haven't went to Juilliard or yeah. none of that, you know. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I want you. You got something. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to him. And he's my mentor. I love Cube, man. I love, I love Cube because we're, we're, we're from the same place. And we've kind of grown and evolved in the entertainment business. You know, um, he was one of the first people I knew in the business that actually had a career doing something, you know. um, And he was one of the first people I knew that actually had a career that was doing something that said hi to me. He gave me his phone number um, when I was working as an internship on the Arsenio Hall show. And I got him in the green room. That's how we and I met. You know, and then he gave me a ride from a concert where I was stranded. You said you saw something in him. What did you see? I saw just... um, his persona that he created for himself as a rap artist was very much in line with the character that I wanted Doughboy to be. Right. You know, um, and so he, but he took that to another level. We were watching a scene from the picture, um, and there's this scene where he talks about the, after the death of his brother, and, and he almost cries and stuff. And he, um, and I started tearing up again because I hadn't seen the movie in so long, and I was like, I was like, wow, you know, um, you know, the, the picture has so much um, emotional impact and resonance because. It, tragically, there are a lot of people who have been in that position, yeah. you know, uh, giving um, in, in urban society. So uh, kudos to Ice Cube. And you see what he's done with his career. We all knew, you know, people that he hung with, people on the block. We all knew he was funny, personally, outside of the rap and the hardness and stuff. So it's crazy that now that the world knows that. The world knows how funny a person he, he is. It's really something to see 
John Singleton give Ice Cube this platform to express himself as an artist, as an entertainer? I mean, at the time, a founding member of NWA, I don't know if Hollywood would have necessarily cast him. Actually, I do know, and they wouldn't have. And it took someone like John Singleton to say, you know, you have so much more to offer artistically than just how people see you. And offer it he did. He really stands out in this movie. This is from the soundtrack of Boys in the Hood, and it's How to Survive in South Central. Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. How to survive in South Central? A place where busting the gap is fundamental. No, you can't find the shit in a handbook. Take a close look at a rap book. Rule number one: get yourself a gun, a nine in your ass to be fine. In your club compartment, can stack us up. They love to start shit. Now, if you're white, you can trust the police. But if you're black, they ain't nothing but beef. Watch out for the kill. Don't make a bump movie, keep your hands on the steering wheel. And don't get smart. Answer all questions. And that's your first lesson on staying alive in South Central Hill. That's how you survive. Los Angeles, where murder rates are five times the nationwide average, or in absolute figures, double the entire U.S. death rate for breast cancer, where I'll have my brother shoot you isn't just an empty threat, and guns are passed from one sibling to another when an older brother goes away to do time, where owning a gun is a means of self-protection even for those who've always stayed clear of gangs. Where, where you're from, is an inquiry about gang membership, not geographic origin. And wearing the wrong colors can cause you to be hit up, resulting in violence, and more violence by way of retaliation. Where over the past 15 years, the LAPD has accumulated a backlog of over 44,000, excuse me, 4,400 unsolved homicides, nearly three quarters of the city's total, because, as kids learn early, a bullet doesn't come with a name attached. And those who know the killer generally stay quiet, either fearing reprisal or preferring to take care of their own, rather than leave justice to a police and a court system they've learned to mistrust. And where crimes like burglary only merit police attention if something actually was stolen and are quickly sidelined upon the officer's summons to another murder scene. 
If you ever wanted a great example of pure cinema drama at its finest, Boys in the Hood is it. It doesn't take long for me to completely involve myself during the viewing of this film. It's powerful, sad, scary, and filled with heart. This is one of those films that completely takes you by surprise by giving you something that you weren't expecting at all. John Singleton doesn't fail to shine for one second in this human drama powerhouse. Singleton's argument in Boys is that masculinity in the African-American community is in crisis due to the lack of strong and present father figures. The film is called Boys in the Hood in part because he's discussing the lack of real men. In this film, you will see one character that could be defined as a man, and that's Furious. The remainder of the males in the film are boys, many of whom are presented with some kind of troubling affectation. Dookie sucks on a pacifier like a baby. Chris is in a wheelchair, presumably already been a victim of violence, and symbolizing his inability to have any mobility in his life besides his social relations with Doughboy's crew. And Monster wears dark sunglasses, even at night, signifying that he has very little visibility of the world around him. Of the film, John Singleton is quoted as saying, My main message is that African-American men have to take more responsibility for raising their children, especially their boys. Fathers have to teach their boys to be men. While there is no denying that this is the primary message in the film, what also comes across is the unique tragedy of figures like Doughboy. These young men, confused and hurt by their situations and experiences, youthful imprisonment, unequal treatment in the home, abuse, resort to terrifyingly unfortunate life decisions. What Doughboy shows us is that writing these young young men off as simple criminals or thugs is a mistake. He reads, he has philosophies on God and life. He's a bright kid. He's resorted to the lifestyle that he thought was appropriate to him because it was there and he didn't see another way. With Boys in the Hood, Singleton argues that there is another way. There has to be another way. Young men killing each other is no way to live. To take the point further, young men not being present in order to raise their children is the quickest way to kill a community that already has a few strikes against it. While racism in today's society has improved somewhat, it certainly hasn't been eradicated, and while gang violence in L.A. has lessened considerably since the early 90s, it still exists, as does does drug trafficking and thus rampant addiction. Furious Styles' tirade about the African-American community needing to stick together against the forces that are committing a kind of genocide is not out of order. That scene may feel a little heavy-handed, But the issues that he's raising and the questions he's asking remain relevant and will remain so until significant changes have been made. In closing, here's Doughboy's final monologue in Boys in the Hood. call last night. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. You don't want that shit to come back to haunt you. Ain't been up this early in a long time. 
turned on the TV this morning. Had this shit on about about living in a violent a violent world. Showed all these foreign places. Foreigners living on. Started thinking, man. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. They had all this foreign shit. They ain't have shit on my brother, man. Got no brother. Got no mother neither. She loved that fool more than she loved me. I remember seeing this movie when I was young. It was powerful then and it remains so today. It's a great film if you get a chance to watch it. If you follow us on Facebook, I put up a link where our listeners can watch the film and enjoy it for themselves. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight on the Final Word Podcast here on blogtalkradio.com. We hope that you'll tune into the next installment of our Black History Month Film Festival series as we review 1985's The Color Purple. You can reach out to us through our social media, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the final word podcast on Twitter, the final word POD. And remember to follow us at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the final word podcast, where we provide you a place to stream or download current and past shows onto your mobile device or computer. So tune into our next show and let's see who gets the final word. Good night, everybody.